Happy Tuesday, everybody. As we get going here on the program, he's Adrian Broadus. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Coming your way, 600 ESPN El Paso. That, that Dak Prescott story is so ridiculous. Because you know why? The headline of the story says, Jerry doesn't rule out Dak. It should be McCarthy doesn't rule out Jack, uh, Dak. We know that Jerry's the boss, but can you at least give your coach some say in who plays and who doesn't? I mean, it's so stupid. It really is. One of these days, I just wish Jerry would coach the team like as an actual head coach. Because think about it. He holds press conferences after every game like a head coach. You know, he considers himself not just the GM, but the face of the franchise. So, honestly, maybe Jerry could just uh, eventually add head coaching to his um, his resume, and then he could fire himself, and that'll be the end. We won't have to deal with this anymore if you're a Cowboys fan. I mean, seriously, this story should not be Jerry doesn't rule out Dak. It should be McCarthy doesn't rule out Dak. It's he's the most hands-on owner that you'll find in any kind of sport, Steve. Uh, for better, or for worse, and mostly it's for worse, right? Because if you have a head coach, you trust him to make all the decisions, and also not just the decisions, but at least talk about the decisions, vocalize those to the media. And isn't that the job of the head coach? Yes, to inform the media and the fans of what's going on. Not necessarily the owner, who uh, with Jerry Jones, it seems like he steps on everybody's toes with all these uh, different rulings and and news breaks that he wants to throw out there. Is Jerry Jones the most hands-on owner in the history of professional sports? I think so. I mean, like... I don't know. You saw Steinbrenner. George Steinbrenner was about as hands-on as it gets, and he would fire and hire guys all the time and get involved and make his name. I mean, I always thought George Steinbrenner was the most hands-on owner in the history of sports, but maybe Jerry's even more hands-on than George. That's a good one right there. That's a really good example that you're throwing out. I'm trying to think of more in my head, uh, but that's a really – he might be the most uh, hands-on, micromanaging type of owner that we remember in Steinbrenner. I mean, that's that would be the first one that comes to mind, but Jerry's close, and you could make it – and you could make a, uh, a case that Jerry's even more hands-on than, than George Steinbrenner is. Well, the the thing with Jerry is when he has his hands in everything, like talking about draft picks, talking about the head coach that he wants to hire, every part of the Dallas Cowboys, their biggest decisions, the biggest moves they make, it's because of Jerry Jones right there. You're right. You're absolutely 100% right. It's all about Jerry, right? <laughs> it's It's always all been about Jerry, too, since the beginning. It's... It's enough to make a person uh, crazy. Well, Cowboy fans are already crazy. I mean, they, they don't want me to talk about this. That's the last thing they need because things have been kind of fun these last few weeks. Why should I spoil it and suddenly bring up, uh, you know, destroy with Jerry and Dak? Yeah, I feel like Cowboy fans, they just want to forget that Mike McCarthy is their head coach. They want to forget that Jerry Jones is their owner, and they just want to fixate on this defense right now that they'll uh, talk about for days. I mean, Dan Quinn, he's coaching his way back into a head coaching role at some point in his career if he wants. I mean, maybe you don't necessarily want a head coaching job if you're Dan Quinn because you get to build a defense like this in Dallas. You don't have the pressures on a daily or a weekly basis of having to win uh, you know, all the time, and you get to work with some great players like Micah Parsons and Tra- Trayvon Diggs. Like, I would love that job right there. I know. I know. Um, I get what you're saying, but 
same time, there just comes a point when, I guess when you take a Cowboys job, you just know going in exactly what's going to happen. It's not like any of these coaches are surprised by what Jerry does. He's been doing it ever since he took over the team. So it's not like this is really anything different than what they've experienced over the years. Maybe you just get used to it and uh, you just have to take the good with the bad. That's all. And that's why a certain personality type never gets hired with the Cowboys. And and you know what I'm talking about. It's the abrace. It's like that antagonizing kind of personality, Mm -hmm. the personality who's going to stand up and say whatever they want. No, no, no. It's going to be about hiring a coach under Jerry Jones who will do whatever Jerry wants and whatever's in the best interest of the Dallas Cowboys in the eyes of Jerry Jones. True. Very true. That's the life of Jerry as we get going here on the program today. Uh, excited about our 5 o'clock hour. Lucho Solanak is going to join us in our 600 ESPN El Paso Lubingo studio. He's been one of the real bright spots as the uh, you know as Locomotive FC puts themselves in position here for the postseason uh, in our final month of the regular season, which continues tomorrow night, by the way. You realize that, the, uh, that Locomotive FC back at home tomorrow night? Feels like it's been forever since they've been home. Yeah, and I know that um, this the, the season carries on into the month of October, but uh, I feel like the the, uh, the hype for the locomotive really needs to go back uh, right now because this is the biggest time of the year. Uh, trying to to go for this final stretch right here, postseason in their eyes. This is uh, this is something that we're going to have to monitor very closely here locally. I know our our interests and focuses are uh, you know when it comes to American football, but can't forget about soccer going on right now here in the, in our own backyard with the locomotive fc not at all not at all so um, we'll do that with lucho coming up you want to talk about it with us today hey we'd love to hear from you 505-6009 our telephone number nice job by the niners yesterday polishing off your rams man oh man that was big uh and just a a total domination of that game yeah, utter domination. I'm worried. I'm officially worried about the Rams. Uh, I really like that um, 49er safety, Hung Fanga or whatever. I, I can't even say his name. I, I butchered it right there. But he's been all over the place. If you watch their defense in the past couple of weeks, he's a ball hawk safety who's really helped them out. He picked apart Matt Stafford when the Rams had some life late in the game and, and they were trying to score to try to even things up. Uh, he ends up taking that say, uh, that pick back to the house, uh, scores for the 49ers, and that's all she wrote yesterday I mean Rams struggled uh, mightily and not necessarily moving the ball they did move the ball fine but they they couldn't score they Mm -hmm. especially couldn't score touchdowns and uh, Matt Stafford has zero offensive line that defense has a lot of weaknesses I'm talking about that run defense specifically with the Rams and they don't look like they're going to be heading back to the Super Bowl if they keep playing like this no and it, it definitely makes the Cowboys game next week more interesting and you want to know why because the Cowboys have a defense too They really do. And if the Cowboys can get into Matt Stafford's head the way the uh, 49ers did yesterday, then all of a sudden uh, this has a chance to be a pretty good football game. I'll tell you three reasons why I think the Cowboys are going to win. Number one, I believe that the Dallas – run offense is going to be way better than that uh, that Rams run defense. Uh, number two, I believe that uh, the Rams are going to struggle when it comes to moving the ball, especially with that depleted offensive line. Micah Parsons could have a field day against Matt Stafford. And then three, there's going to be more fans in LA who are mm. Cowboys fans than actual yeah. Rams fans. It's going to be a Dallas home crowd out there. 
Doesn't that stink the way that is, though? Doesn't that, doesn't that, as a fan, doesn't that drive you absolutely crazy? Yeah, I mean, what's the other version of this? Everybody bandwagons and jumps on in L.A. Mm. thanking the Rams fans after they went to the Super Bowl last year. I don't know what's yeah. worse. How about Bobby Wagner blowing up that uh, that guy on the field yesterday during the game? And you got to yeah. watch it during the Manning cast. Yeah, first off, Manning cast, it was also, like, must-watch yesterday. I had to I had to tune in, even though we had Buck Aikman, uh, the best uh, broadcast booth right now. I had to tune in to Manning, you know, Eli Payton. They were hilarious last night. They were they were on fire. And that Bobby Wagner hit on the fan, uh, I loved it. Oh, my God. That, uh, the way they described it yesterday was nothing short of phenomenal. It really was because um, Payton especially went into detail when he was trying to uh, talk about what went down and, and how it went down. And all I can tell you is, yeah, uh, Peyton Manning was uh, was definitely having some fun with it. And in case you missed it, here is the uh, here is Peyton's description of the hit and how it went down. Here you go. Hey, oh, yeah, there he is. There he is. Not... Yes. Oh, yes. yes. That's what we're talking Wagner. about. Wagner, Bobby. a veteran, right? Get him down now. Get Had out and tackle. let these guys take over. <laughs> that was based. And Bobby, Bobby Wagner destroyed that guy but yeah what you want to know something when you're on the field and you are holding like a whatever that is what is that like a smoke um what is that i have no clue in your left hand almost maybe like a smoking flare and you're running on the field you don't know what you've got you don't really know what it is and not only that he was running towards the sideline with it uh you have to take that guy out you just do and and bobby wagner just obliterated that human being yeah, somebody said it was it a gender reveal, like he was a streaking on the field and then uh, you know popping whatever it was, and it, it was pink smoke. So thinking it could have been a gender reveal, but it, even if that's the case, I mean, come on, man, get off the field. Uh, I love the Bobby Wagner hit right there, and he looked good doing it. So uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of Bobby Wagner. Yeah, he did. Oh, and by the way, they showed video of uh, there was it, there's a there's a Twitter handle called Old Time Football. And he showed video yesterday of uh, Mike Ditka destroying a fan running on the field during wow. like the 60s in Chicago. Wow. And I mean just crushed this fan. So you want to know something? That tells me that this has been going on for 50-plus years, and football players have been dealing with it the same way ever since it first started. I need to go find that video. I'm looking up that uh, as soon as we hit the break here so I can watch this. this I, retweeted it. I retweeted it oh, yesterday. Oh, perfect. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, you need to. All right, very nice. So anyway, as we get started on the program, let's begin today with Pinky, who is a first up. He joins us 12 past the hour, 505-6009. Pinky, welcome aboard. How are you? Uh, great. I'm enjoying the show already. It's only been 15 minutes. Hey, uh, <laughs> hey, uh, uh, before I forget, uh, and I have a chance to do this, keep it up, minors in all categories, football, volleyball, golf, and cross country. They're so, so good right now, UTEP, and, uh, and I want to congratulate you and tell them to keep it going. Um, about this Jerry Jones thing, my friends and and relatives were talking about it this weekend, saying, I wonder when Jerry Jones is going to make something to get back into the spotlight since the spotlight is not on him, but it's on the players and the, and the Dallas Cowboys winning yep. and the way they're doing it. And, uh, you know, I, we, some of us remember, and I know, of course, you do, is he got rid of the best coach probably, and I will say probably, 
the Cowboys ever had when Jimmy Johnson just Ooh. said, I had enough of your stuff. You can't listen. You can't, you can't do that. You can't possibly decide that you're going to put Jimmy Johnson ahead of, of Tom Landry. That's that, that seems, I'm, but, you, you, but you got to remember, uh, Tom Landry started with a club and he was there for what? 29 years, something like that. 30 years. Mm-hmm. And he did a great job. I'm, I'm a Tom Landry fan too. So the, I'm, I'm just saying that for the time period that Jimmy Johnson was there, yeah. And what he proved and what he won, at that point he was he should, he was the best coach for what he accomplished. I know I'm going to piss off a lot of cow- well, not really, because a bunch of the cowboy fans are young and don't remember that era weren't even born during that time period. So, uh, my thing is just let the cowboys be the cowboys. Uh, let's just let them win, let them play. But you know, I'm old school and I still kind of like uh. Just keep on going. What is it? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's all I got. Yeah, guys, that's cool. I enjoyed the show. You guys do a great job, and, and thanks a lot for all of you. Charlie One, you're the bomb, man. There you go. Nice shout-out to Charlie One. Way to get it done. Appreciate you, Pinky. From Pinky to Orly. Whoa. We are definitely uh, going to some of our uh, regular heavy hitters here in this first segment on Sports Talk. What's up, Orly? Congratulations on the destruction of the Rams last night. The defense is stopped, and they've got missing players. Where do they get their full complement in there? They're going to be, the defense is unbelievable. Offense is going to take some time. Jimmy G looked okay mm-hmm. at times. But, you know, he, I didn't realize he had it was a $350,000 win for him this night. That's what, part of his wait, what, what, wait, what was it? $350,000. dollars Oh, that really? was part of his agreement. Yeah, that's what they were reporting on this morning. Okay. So that's kind of nice. You know, you're talking about the guys running on the field with that pink, you know, some kind of, uh, I think, animal activist. So anyway, he's got that, that smoke deal coming out. Yeah. You know that reminded me of you before they come out of the game. Oh, my that's God. What they did, that's what they did last game. They came out with some... I guess it was like a four, like a little ATV, whatever. And the guy had two smoke things coming up. Is Bring that back is, the fireworks? Yeah. Bring well, back the fireworks. All right. Well, I mean, that's, that's one. That's one thing. That's one thing you could do. I mean, you really like those fireworks, don't you? Well, you know, it's an unusual way to enter a game. I mean, that's that's unusual. But but you see what they had the other day was two little smoke things coming out. I mean, I understand it may cost money. It's a budget deal. I understand that. But I sure like to see them bring They brought it out of the North Texas game, but it fizzled. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when they score, there's no excitement. Well, no little cannon shot, nothing. I hear you. I hear you. I mean, I don't know. The excitement should, you know what? Listen to me. The excitement should be the roar of the crowd. Let's be honest. You don't need, you do not need a cannon or fireworks, or something to explode every time UTEP scores. The, the crowd should make the war, make make the chant. Yeah, but Steve, you go to every major college. They got look at TCU. They got the horn. You go to Tech. They got a cannon. You go to North Texas. They got a real cannon. I mean, every school has some kind of celebratory when they score. 
We didn't have anything the last couple of games. I mean, I know it's minor, but that gets the crowd into it. What if so you do? What if you do this? What if you do this? What if you have like on the scoreboard, like a very like an animated Peter Pete swinging his pick, like he's di- like he just struck, so, like he just struck gold, oh, dude, and then all of a sudden something. you've got like a huge, like a huge deal for uh, for the touchdown, something like that. What do you think? Something, some kind of celebration. I, I like to yeah. bring back that little cannon they always every time they score. Yeah. But anyway, as far as the game this week with the Cowboys and. Uh, I really want the Rams to win, but I don't see it happening. Don't see it happening. So the wait Rams, a minute, you're rooting you're rooting for one of your NFC West um, opponents over the Cowboys, even though you're a Niners fan. I mean, think about what you're doing, okay? You want the Niners to win the division. You're telling me that you're actually gonna root for a division rival to beat the Cowboys, even though that's going to hurt your team's chances in the standings? I'm not going to worry about it because I think down the road the Rams won't even be there at the end. Really don't think. You think the crowd's going to be loud for the Cowboys this week? Wait till the 49ers play in in L.A. Oh, they don't play in L.A. this year. They play them in San Francisco, mm-hmm. in Santa Clara. Oh, yeah, look at the schedule. Remember last year that the wife for Sanford was complaining that it was all red, that you need to go sell your tickets to a 49er fan? That's just embarrassing. You want, right. to see, you want to see a better red. Go see when the 49ers play in, in L.A. Adrian, you're just chopping at the bit on this they one, aren't you? They don't have fans. The Rams don't have fans in L.A. There's still, like, some in St. Louis. They're kind of all around the place. Like, I get why Stafford's wife is saying stuff like that. But uh, at the same time, I don't really – you know, it, it's not the Rams' fault uh, that, you know, the, the 49er fans are snatched up all the tickets. Like, if you're a 49ers fan and you're going to SoFi, buy the ticket. I mean, that's just your prerogative. It's same with the Chargers. They have no home field advantage. It's the disadvantage in playing L.A. Do you think that if you polled just residents of Los Angeles, do you think the Raiders would be the most popular yes, team still I, I after so. all these years? I've asked my fiance's dad about this question who lives in L.A., has Ram season tickets. Mm. I've asked him the same question. He says the Raiders. I believe it. I think that's. I think that'd be the case, too. 20 past. Thank you, Orly. More of your phone calls. 505-6009, our telephone number. But first, here's Charlie One with traffic update number one on our two-hour edition of Sports Talk. 24 past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. 505-6009, that is our telephone number. Coming up in our 5 o'clock hour, we'll get Lucho Solanak with us from uh, El Paso Locomotive FC. Also, John Teicher will join us live from Hudson's Grill. Excited about uh, both of them being on the show. I'm not sure yet if Coach Hutch is going to be coming with Lucho. If he does, that'll be an added bonus. If not, we'll take uh, we'll take good care of Lucho for uh, for Hutch, won't we? Oh, yeah, friend of ours. He's been around. He's a reoccurring guest. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. I like that. Friend of the show? That's... Yeah, there you go. Hey, you can never have enough friends on Sports Talk, can you? No, we need more friends. That's that's the bottom line. I, I totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. So uh, that's all still happening here as uh, we continue on the program. Um, again, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Uh, you can also... Chat with us on our mobile app in real time while you're listening to the program. You can even dial into the show from the mobile app. How great is that? Powered by First American Bank. Uh, you can listen in and then call the show from the app. It has that ability, which I love. 
Then you don't even have to worry about memorizing the phone number. Then you can just call from the app. So that's a great way to do it. And when you listen to this show on the mobile app, especially if you hook it up with the Bluetooth to your car or you're listening to it on your uh, earbuds, um, you're in the studio with us. It, it's the best way to put it. You are in the Lubingo studio with Adrian, with yours truly, and you feel like it's such a cool experience. It is a studio experience, folks, and you don't want to miss out on that. Yeah, another thing is you get all the uh, alerts so when a specific show comes on, so if you like minor talk or if you listen to Football Friday Night and one of those shows, or even sports talk, and you, you uh, are just kind of going about your day, we'll actually send you a notification and prompt you that sports talk is live and people could just t- tap the button and listen in on the app. I love that too. Hey, by the way, this came in from... Uh, minor Eddie Mack on Twitter. The adverse effects of having a large gargantuan ego is imperialistic insecurity. Hello and welcome to Jerry Jones world. Wow. From minor Eddie Mack. Taking a shot on the gargantuan ego and insecurity. So. Well, he's doing. Jerry Jones is doing something right. You know, he's he's packing that place left and right. And if when it's not Cowboys going there, he's finding other ways to make money at AT and T. I'm with you on that one. I'm with you. Again, um, if you would like to get into the show, five zero five six zero zero nine. That is our telephone number. I posed this question on Twitter on uh, the show yesterday, and I'll say it again: If Aaron Judge finishes the season with 61 home runs, and does not get to number 62, does he still win the MVP award? I had a caller yesterday call in about it. I thought it was really good. Chimed in and and gave us his thoughts. But Aaron Aaron Judge has two days. Has today and tomorrow. And that's it. And as far as pitching goes, he gets uh, Glenn Otto tomorrow. And tonight, uh, Aaron Judge... Goes up against. Let's see here. Oh, oh, this could this could be the one. I mean, it's possible. Jesus Tinoco. And I don't know much about Jesus, although I do know that in, uh, I guess you know, limited action, he's been he's been a he's a bullpen guy basically is what he is. He's a bullpen guy. He's twenty seven years old. He's from Venezuela. He's got a one eight three ERA, uh, but he's pitching out of the pen. So it's a bullpen game for Texas. So we'll see if Judge hits 62 tonight or tomorrow. But if he stays stuck on 61 and he finishes tied with Maris, um, and by the way, uh, let's let's understand that again. Barry Bonds is still the single-season home run king. Whether Roger Maris Jr. wants to acknowledge it or not, until baseball erases Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, and Mark McGuire from the record books, last I checked, 73 is still the single-season home run record. So the question is, is that Aaron Judge, who a couple of weeks ago was on triple crown pace, now looking like he will fall short. In fact, he might not even win the RBI to, You know, He might not even win the RBI total, or, uh, and he'll fall short in batting average, where he was leading uh, the American League a couple of weeks ago. So if he finishes with, let's say, 61 home runs, does that automatically, in your mind, make... Uh, Aaron Judge, the American League most valuable player. 
Yeah, this is a really good debate, and and also Steve, you know, uh, we we were taught we've been talking about this all week long and uh, last week as well. But now you start to see the real frustration come from Aaron Judge. Like today, he slams his helmet. He's getting mad, and but he's chasing things, Steve. Like like now, you heard it last week. Like oh well, he's not gonna get there. Or, oh, he's not. He's not even gonna get to sixty one. Well, he did, but still, it seems like he's chasing things. He's like, and I I worry about him uh, for the short term goal that he's trying to achieve i worry about him long term in october just because what if he kind of loses a little bit of swagger or loses a bit of that energy going into the postseason uh when all his focus was to just uh, fixate on this uh this recognition right here now that's a good point that is a good point so most people think it is a foregone conclusion that no matter what happens no matter what happens aaron judge should beat out uh shohei otani for the award total. Um, I don't know if it's going to be unanimous. I'll be interested to see how close the voting is when it's all said and done. Because I don't think it's unanimous either. I think it's going to be it's going to be interesting. But the one thing to understand is this, and I and I continue to make this point, and we're going to get to Sports Center here in a moment. Adrian, in my mind, I think that Shohei Otani could be doing this. Every single season. Maybe not to the extent like he's doing it this year. But the point is, I think Shohei will be among American League's best pitchers statistically and best hitters statistically year after year after year. So this could become the norm instead of being a career year like it is for Aaron Judge. True, and hey, he won it last year. Maybe maybe Judge gets it this year. Uh, for Shohei Otani, go, goes back uh, next year and maybe plays some relevant baseball too. You know, the Angels right mm. now, 73-87, just a terrible record, terrible. Just another disappointing year, another disappointing finish for this organization. You wonder, uh, with more success on a team or maybe on another team, Shohei Otani starts to get more of the spotlight, more recognition across the board. Could be the case could be the case all right let's get the sports center then we're going to come back and uh, join a familiar voice who uh is is he on location he's actually at the game well he'll be there tomorrow really yes oh very nice brandon Cohn will join us next right after adrian at sports center good to hear from you and uh, that'll be a lot of fun should be great maybe you'll see history I'm hoping so. The stars kind of aligned for me here. I'm actually heading to uh, Dallas for the speech convention, the annual speech convention, all the EPISD teachers we had over there in, in October. It's in, actually, it's, it's right outside Dallas uh, this year. So we're heading into Dallas. Uh, got tickets for the 3 p.m. start tomorrow. And, you know, tickets really were pretty reasonable. And, I mean, I'm obviously, for selfish reasons, hoping that he, he doesn't hit it this evening. And I have a chance of witnessing history. I mean, it'd be kind of cool just to say that I saw him play in this historic year. So I'm, I'm actually also looking forward to seeing the uh, newest ballpark in the major league. Are you sitting somewhere in the left field stands to try to have a chance to catch that baseball? Yeah, yeah. We're, well, we're, yeah, we're far uh, left field, so we certainly are, are definitely in that area. And I, I did think about that uh, when buying the seats. Those were, those were the best seats to get, so I figured, you know, might as well. And, I have to say, I mean, I'd have to believe that that game's going to be sold out. If I mean, I know it's a Wednesday day game. It's actually a makeup game. But mm-hmm. I'd have to think that those tickets will go really, really fast, especially if he doesn't 
hit it uh, this evening. But in terms of MVP, I, I think that he definitely needs to be the AL MVP this year. And I say that because he's been able to accomplish what no one else has been able to accomplish in the history of the American League, and that's to at least tie Roger Maris. I mean, that's been a coveted record for so many years that no one else could uh, really get to. And yep. I think that, you know, his numbers speak for themselves and what he's done for the organization and certainly how they are uh, one of the top teams in all of baseball. I mean, it's all Aaron Judge, mostly Aaron Judge, but I think that, you know, just getting to 61 alone speaks volumes as to why he should be the AL MVP. Fair enough. Hey, by the way, if you are lucky enough to catch the judge ball tomorrow, let's just say he doesn't hit it tonight. He goes tomorrow. He zeroes in on you. You hit. You catch the baseball. You have. You yeah. own sixty-two. Do yeah. you give it back to him? Do you keep it? Do you sell it? What do you do with the baseball? Cap, if I catch that ball, we go to Sizzler. We go to Sizzler. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I, I I love Aaron Judge, and I I certainly respect those people that have the. Uh, the uh, righteousness to give it back, but I'm sorry, I'm that ball's going on eBay, you know. No, oh, well, maybe not eBay. Maybe it'll go on an auction site. So, as far as you're concerned, if you catch the baseball tomorrow, it is only dollar signs for you. You are looking at a way to cash out on that, and that baseball will not be returned to Aaron Judge. No, absolutely not. I mean, look, I you know, a lot of people would call me selfish. It is what it is, but that would be. Uh, <laughs> A lot of money, and there's a lot of things, you know, I certainly could do with that money, but um, well, I respect the people that catch the ball and give it back. I, I couldn't do it. I honestly couldn't do it. I appreciate the honesty. More than anything else, that's the best. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know. I, and I, you see a lot of people, they'll do that, but, I mean, come on now. That's, that's you know, what are you looking at, fetching over a million dollars for that ball? Yeah, that could, that, could take, that could take care of the family for a while. Really could. So, yeah, absolutely. I hear you. What would you do? What's that? What would you do? Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Give me a break. I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say this. It would, you know, anybody in that situation that tells you they're just going to give the ball back to Aaron Judge, um, unless unless you're suddenly going to be a guest of Judge's whenever you want to go to New York and sit in his suite at uh, Yankee Stadium, or I got news for you, he might not even be with the Yankees next year when he cashes in on that free agent contract. Unless you can work yeah. out a deal to basically be friends for life with Aaron Judge, um, and that might not even matter to some, that it's hard to pass up those kind of dollars. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, it's, it's impossible. But like I said, I respect anybody that would catch a ball like that or a piece of sports memorabilia and give it back to that individual. I mean, that's that's an amazing thing to do, but I, that, that just wouldn't be me. That's all. Yeah, I understand. I, plus, he's got the tie break. He's got the tying baseball. He already has that one. So what does he need the tiebreaker ball, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he got the one he gave it to his mom. That was a good story. Hey, enjoy this, uh, the game tomorrow. Have fun, and I hope I hope you uh, get lucky. I appreciate you, Cap. Thank you. Brandon Coe joining us here on Sports Talk as we continue. How about you? You giving the ball back to uh, a judge? I No, I'm, I'm thinking option three. I'm trying to find the most famous people who are also Yankees fans, okay? Hang with me on this, all right? So I'm I'm looking at guys like Jay Z. I'm looking at Beyonce. I'm looking at uh, Billy Crystal. I'm looking at Bruce Springsteen. Um, uh, LeBron James is fans of everybody, so he's like a, a bandwagon fan for everybody. Tiger Woods is a mm-hmm. Yankees fan, mm-hmm. a, a, according to this thing that I'm reading. 
and I'm just trying to give it to them and become their best friend. So that's my motive behind all of this. So you're going to find the Yankee fan that is the most desirable for you to pal around and hang out with. Yes. Yes. Okay. Adam Sandler's on this list too, by the way. Is he really? Yeah. He'd be a fun guy to hang out with. That's true. Yeah. That is true. What if you actually parlay the ball into like, say some there's like a celebrity and they own like a bunch of homes and you say, listen, you give me this house, it's your ball. And you just, you, you, you trade oh, the ball for a home. So that way, you know, if you ever wanted to live in New York and never have to worry about ever making a payment, now it's done, it's all paid for, and you just give them the baseball and that's it and it's yours. Yeah, that's a great idea. Actually, I'd probably go the Jay-Z Beyonce route if that's the case mm. because, you know, they've got houses everywhere. I could exactly. stay in Texas. I could be in Houston, you know, yeah. with that kind of thing. That's true. That's very true. So, no, I hear you, man. That's uh, It's an interesting way to do it. Uh, what about you, folks? You, If you were at the game like Brandon tomorrow and you happen to be sitting in the left field stands and you catch Aaron Judge record-breaking ball in the American League, not the all-time record, because let's be honest, Barry's got that, but if you catch the Maris-breaking record, do you give the ball back? Do you keep it? Do you put it up for auction? I'll tell you right now, I would never keep it because somebody's going to break into your house and keep that and get that baseball. They are. So, Either give it back to them or put it up for auction. One or the other would probably make the most sense for me. But, hey, I'd love to get your ththoughts on this at 505-6009. That is our telephone number as we continue here on Sports Talk. 11 in front of 5 as we continue here on Sports Talk. Pinky messages us at 600 ESPN El Paso on our mobile app. That's what I do all the time, listening, calling, and texting. If Aaron Judge wins the Triple Crown, yes. I don't think he's winning the Triple Crown. In fact, I checked yesterday. I don't think Aaron Judge has any chance to win the Triple Crown. He might not even win the batting average and RBI title in the American League when it's all said and done. I'm telling you, Steve, chasing it. Chasing right now that homer, I get it, but he's sacrificing everything else. Uh, His stats, his numbers all across the board for this final home run. I know. After listening to uh, Brandon talk about going to the game, Pinky also messages us on the app. My daughter also made a special trip to go see Aaron Judge hit 61. No invitation for dad. Sheesh. Well, that's what happens sometimes, you know. Well, we we know who's not the favorite daughter. Yeah, apparently that's right. That's 100% correct. Um, Anyway, you can also do just like Pinky and uh, message us on our uh, mobile app powered by First American Bank as we continue here on Sports Talk. Uh-oh. Um, Adrian, I was counting up all the games from the NFL this past week, and, you know, on Thursday in the 6 o'clock hour, we had Neff Poppy and um, Lane go head-to-head. Yes, yes, one of the best segments we had last week. It wasn't even close. Wasn't even Ugh. close. Man, I feel bad for our guy, Lane Frank. I do, too. Neff Poppy d- obliterated him. I mean, Neff Poppy went 12-4. and four. That's really, really good. Really good. So he's going to enjoy that $50 prize from King's Barbecue, and I think he wants to call in now to celebrate. Neff Poppy, congrats, man. Way to go. Hey, thanks, bro. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. You were on yeah. fire, dude. I mean, I'll be honest with you. Every time you and Lane disagreed, except for one, you hit. It was pretty impressive. Yeah, that was not too bad. You know, and actually, you think about that Baltimore-Buffalo game. You know, Baltimore is kind of reminds me of the Miners. And, you know, they, they come out of the gate real good, and then somehow just something goes wrong. Yeah. But at least, you know, at least the Miners won this last weekend. And there you go. Of course, Baltimore choked. And, 
you know, that's the one game that you know, yeah, that I'll give to give to Lane on that. So, but uh, yeah, I kicked his butt this weekend. I, I really did. You did. I, I hope he does a lot better. You know, uh, uh, against uh, you know, I mean, who knows? Maybe my son could call in and and go up against him, and then we can uh, combine uh, uh, our Prizes. certificates and go have a good time. Uh, over at the King's Barbecue. So. Well, you're not going to King's every week. We're going to change the prizes yeah. up, so it's not like oh, everybody gets to go to King's. No, no, no. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that, man. Oh, nice try. That was, that's so sweet. They got some great barbecue, don't they? They do have amazing yeah. barbecue and, and great sides, oh, yeah. too. You're 100% oh, yeah. right about that. But, you no, know, look, I, I told Lane, I'm like, you, you know, no matter what happens with your picks, you're never you're not going to win because if he wins and out and out picks you badly, then we have a hard time getting people playing every week because they don't want to lose. But if he loses, then everybody and you win. Well, it's good for you, but it's bad for Lane and his, and his NFL rep. So I, I I mean I get that. I'm, you know I told that to Lane. I'm like you're, we're we're not in a, you're in a no win situation here. He can still fall back on his college stuff because he's outstanding on that for sure. He is. I want to see him get better in the NFL, though. I, I really do. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. anyway. Um, yeah. And by the way, I, I texted him this morning, and the text said, congrats on getting annihilated by Neff Poppy last week. And then he responded <laughs> by saying, yeah, yeah, we'll win next week. So Lane has absolutely <laughs> no memory, and I like that about him. He just doesn't care, which is great. Outstanding. Well, yeah, he's still young, so as That's long right. as he doesn't, you know, grow bitter and grow old, he'll be okay. And you know, I enjoy I enjoy football. And I one of my patients today was talking. We were talking fantasy, and uh, and he just you know he said you know you you gotta enjoy it uh, because you can enjoy the game so much more when you know you're invested in looking at the whole picture. Hundred percent. When you're just when you're just a one fan of one team. You know, then you know you can get depressed real quick. You know, uh, you know, especially if it's someone like the Jets or no, no, just joking. Uh, if it's someone, if it's someone like you know the Cowboys who, you know, haven't been to the playoffs in you know thirty something years, you know, uh, or almost thirty years, and that is kind of depressing. But when you play fantasy, you can you can really enjoy the whole scope no, you're right. and you can, you're right. you can, ju- you can, you can be happy with, you know, how players do. And, you know, you can sit back and, and watch, you know, some quarterback that you pick up in the later rounds, do great. And, uh, you know, or like I did the first year that Lamar Jackson, I picked up Lamar Jackson and, you know, just destroyed the league. And of course that, I wish I could have picked up Lamar Jackson this year, but uh, I mean, that uh, he's, you know, if they had a defense, you know, it's not Ed Reed's defense anymore, you know? I get you. Uh, and then, Poppy, you're, yeah. rambling, you're rambling, man. You started on this yeah. rabbit hole, and you're rambling on. Just listen, well, congratulations. Accept, hey, dude, ex- accept the win like the true champion oh, yeah. you are, and we will, you, we, will, we will be in touch. We'll talk to you soon. We'll, get, we'll, get, we'll make hey. sure we get you that prize, okay? All right. Yeah, I'll be in later. Thanks, Cappy. You guys have a great day, all right? All right. Well done, Poppy. Well done. Go Miners. There he is. Enough Poppy. Started talking and talking and talking. Next thing you know, I'm like, where, where are we going with this? I mean, I don't know, Adrian. I mean, he's a big – you could tell he was getting into that Baltimore discussion, and it was hard to climb out of that one. Yeah, I understand it. At the end of the day, uh, he should just be happy. He's, get, he's going home with some King's barbecue. That's, that's right. That's how I feel. Stick to the prize. Enjoy it. You deserve it. You earned it. Way to go, Neff Poppy. Hey, Locos next. Hour number two continues here. Sports Talk 600 ESPN El Paso. On Sports Talk, welcome back, everybody, as we continue. 
Along with Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. John Teicher coming up, hour number three. He'll be with us uh, live from Hudson's Grill for UTEP football with Dana Dimmel. Meanwhile, we've uh, got a chance to talk uh, a little uh, Locomotive FC right now. They're back at home tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Big one with the switchbacks in town from Colorado Springs. With us right now is uh, one of the stars of El Paso Locomotive FC. Uh, you know him as Lucho. It's uh, Luis Solanac, and uh, great to see you. And uh, thanks for stopping in today. How you doing? Good. How are you guys? Doing all right. Well, this has been kind of weird, isn't it? You're not used to having this much time off during the uh, during the season. What have you guys been doing the last week and a half? Uh, resting a lot. You know, last uh, last games of the season, the the body's tired, so it's a good it's a good time. It's good that we play a lot of games at the beginning. Uh, now we get to rest a little bit, and we use it uh, to recover the the battery of the body. People don't think you guys ever get tired. You run so much during a match, you're in such good shape, and then you have to come back and do it again a few days later. People think this is just the norm, that you, know, you guys are like superhumans. You, don't, you, ne- you never show uh, any, any kind of uh, fatigue or get tired. Yeah, I mean, we, we show it after, you know, uh, at the locker room, at, ho- at, the, at the house. Um, but, of course, we train for that as well. So, so, but it, it's normal that the bodies get tired, you know, but as well other teams are tired as well, so... No, I understand. I understand. But listen, for you, um, it's been a, it's been a really good season. I mean, you've scored 14 goals to lead the club in, in 23 matches so far this season. Uh, it's your second year with El Paso because you arrived last season. Tell me a little bit about the, I, I guess, the two seasons and and how things are a little different for you this year compared to last season. Yeah, I think you know, last season we we won a lot of games. Uh, but of course, there was already a structure that was coming together for for a few years. Uh, now we have a new coach. We have uh, you know many new players. So I think we are in the middle of a process uh, that we pay off you know season after season. Um, and and to be honest, it, we struggled a little bit. You know, with kind of a roller coaster uh, this year. Uh, but you know, finally we have three games, uh, two at home, uh, and it's still are in our hands to make the playoffs. That is such a good way to describe things so far: roller coaster ride. And that's, mm-hmm. but isn't that kind of the norm for a soccer season? You have your ups, you have your downs, and sometimes you feel like you're going around and around in, uh, in a roller coaster. The way things go. Yeah, of course, of course, it's it's you know, soccer has long seasons, you know. Um, so I think we, we prepare for this, you know, don't lose the focus when you lose a couple games because, you know, if you win two or three more games, uh, now you're in a different position and you, you can see teams that won six in a row that they were dead and now already in playoff, you know. So you get, just got to be focused uh, and play every, every week like it's the last one. And, and I guess the question is, um, as someone that's been doing this for as many years as you have, um, there's really never a time when you get too concerned, is there? Because even if you're struggling at some points to score goals and, and win matches, you realize that the season is so long, you have an opportunity to try to fix things and, and get back on top. Yeah, I mean, the older you get, the, the, the better you understand that, you know, don't, don't get crazy, both, you know, both when the things are going great, you don't think you're the, the best, and also when you lose a couple of games, you're not the worst. It's, it's about finding that balance, you know, about uh, have the right mentality to approach every game uh, and get the best out of it. 
Lucho, um, just to talk a little bit more about the longevity of this season, how long it's been. Uh, I believe one time when you came in here, you were blonde. Your hair was blonde. One time now you're, you're brown hair again. So that just tells you how long the season is. Uh, a, my first question is, does, some, does anything go into changing your hair color? And B, do you have any kind of like uh, superstitions on hair color? No, I did it because... I'm getting old. I might lose my hair in a couple of years. So I said to my wife, I got to do it before that happens. Uh, but I, I met a couple of fans. I don't remember where it was, but they they told me to to make it blonde again. So I, it's something I will think about it. Interesting. Uh, superstitions. Any other uh, superstitions you have at all uh, in, in sports? No. Um, but I usually, you know, with Adair, with Yuma, kind of we, we joke a little bit of doing every every time the same. You know, mm-hmm. we... we We've, you know, we go together to the games, things like that, uh, but not really, that, not that much. Nothing like, okay, so you don't have to wear the same clothes, same underwear, don't wash it, no, nothing, like, no, nothing no. like that. <laughs> okay. Now, by the way, as far as hair color goes, over the years, is, uh, have you had other colors besides blonde and, and currently now brown, or have you, have you ever decided to go uh, other like blue or white or red or anything like that? No, not really, not really. Always, if I did something, it was always uh, kind of blonde. I understand. Yeah. That, that, that's good. Do you feel like the style you're playing this year with Coach Hodge is more conducive to your uh, style as a goal scorer and a finisher? Um, honestly, I like it uh, last year as well. Um, maybe the difference is, um, you know, last year I was dropping and, and playing more. I was a nine, but I was doing a lot of uh, ten work. Uh, this year he asked me to leave that for Dylan and for the other guys that have the ability to do it and leave me a little bit more in the box um, and he changed a little bit a little things about my runs and stuff like that uh, and it's been working great so I'm, I'm really grateful for his help as well and you're one of the veterans on the team last year uh, you had Leandro Carijo with you and he was that guy that would kind of come in in the final minutes and try to give you that spark and get a big goal and we actually had um, Carijo come by our studios a few months ago we talked to him about his career loved talking to him because he had he's he's it seemed like he's done it all in in professional soccer and, and in a way you're the same you're a few years younger but but you've both had that kind of career where you've seen a lot of different places and you've been on just a, a lot of great clubs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I played I play with him last year. I think he's a fantastic player. You know, I, got, I catch him at the end of his career, unfortunately. Uh, but as a person for me also, he's, he's unbelievable. Uh, so I always wish him the best. Uh, and like you say, no, playing playing everywhere gives you experience. You know, now you realize uh you know, kids from the academy, you're 15 years older than him, than them, so they, they listen to you, you know. Um, so it's important to, you know, to spread the knowledge that you got through, through your career to, to the younger. Absolutely. Uh, Lucho Solonak with us here on Sports Talk. I'm so happy you mentioned the youngsters because this season especially, we've seen a lot of the kids start to come up. They've played. Uh, they've contributed. And sometimes when we're used to players like yourself, the vets, the stars of the club, you don't always wonder, um, are there a lot of good you know, 15-, 16-, 17-year-old players that in a few years – could very well be playing in in USL Championship Soccer, and it sounds like the future is pretty bright right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I've been in, in, in many clubs, uh, and I think they have a really good academy in, in terms of the players they have. You know, 
maybe it's the the mix with the Mexican culture mm -hmm. about soccer that makes it better, uh, you know. But there's a, a, quite a few talents that been training with us already, and you can see they had they had something to to make a career out of it. I agree with you. Now, you've been a lot of places over the years. Uh, before here, you were in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. What do you like the most about El Paso, the city, the fan base, and, and everything that this city has to offer? Um, we were talking a little bit before. You know, Mexican food here is, is, is great. Um, the fan base as well. You know, every place I go, um, this this you know, in the last season, in this season, maybe because my blonde hair, but a lot of people recognize me in the streets, which didn't happen in, in the last season, maybe, you know. Um, so I think that the, that means the fan base is also growing. So it's important that the people approach us to the stadiums and watch the games. And is it nice to be recognized? Sometimes fans get a chance <laughs> to know who you are and yeah. want to take a picture and things like that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yes, it's nice, it's nice. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, by the way, I, I'm looking at some of the other places you've played. Um, besides Argentina, you've been to Portugal. Mm -hmm. You've been in Sweden yes. as well. And uh, we talked about San Antonio. Um, is there Was there a favorite stop along the way that you just said, man, that, play, that, that was just unbelievable for you? Uh, Chicago. You know, mm -hmm. overall, you know, I got a, also a, a very good moment in my career. Um, uh, and also it catch me in, in a city that like both my wife and me love it. So it's a place that, that I regret that I couldn't stay longer. You know, injuries happen and, and, you know, problems with the contracts and everything, you know, things that happen uh, in football. But I think that's the city I would will, I will love to stay. Now, I've been to Chicago. It's a great place to uh, vacation. I'm sure even better to live. If you're making pretty good money, you can <laughs> enjoy it out there. Now, I think of Chicago as it's a pro sports town. You've got the Cubs, the White Sox, mm -hmm. the Blackhawks, the Bulls, the Bears. you got them all. How does the fire do over there in MLS? And is there a pretty loyal and rabid fan base in Chicago? Yeah, there is. There is. Uh, by the moment I was playing there, they would play in a stadium very far from the downtown. Uh, so people will, were complaining about that. Now they moved to a soldier field. So mm. I don't know how it's going now. Uh, but I, I'm pretty sure it's, it's, it's getting better. So you never got to play at soldier field? No, never. I live five minutes from the stadium. I could see it from my window, but I, I could never play there. No. Okay. Did you ever go to Soldier Field to watch a Bears game? No. No. I've been in a lot of uh, bull games. Okay. Uh, I like basketball, uh, yeah. but not, not the Bears. Ba basketball's a lot of fun, and mm -hmm. uh, the United Center is a fun place to go watch basketball. Yeah. I've been there, too, and I think, was was it some pretty good teams back then? Was that Derek Rose with the Bulls? Who was there then? Um, Butler. Jared Butler. Okay. Uh, no, nice. Not Jared. No, that's the actor, but the, the Jimmy Butler. Butler. Yeah. Jimmy Butler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember anyone else, but yeah, it was fun, you know. Knowing the legend that played there, everything makes it makes it unbelievable. Oh yeah, no, yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I was going to ask if you've met Michael Jordan. That's uh, that. <laughs> that would be that would be pretty that cool be if you had a chance you know, to do that. I, yeah. I don't. I don't blame you. And the nice thing is, right by Soldier Field, you also have the museums. There's yes. the aquarium there, mm -hmm. and uh, you have kids, correct? Uh, now, yeah, three months. Oh, very. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. What's uh, What's it like being a now? How by the way, how do you balance being a father? Especially a new father mm -hmm. with playing pro soccer and having a chance to uh, you know to, to do this here. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough. You know, first months are are very tiring. Um, but as well, you know, I, I was very always very obsessed with the, with this game. You know, about analyzing all my performances and stuff like that. And when you have the baby, maybe you don't have the same time, so it gets the, the focus out of the soccer. And I actually uh, you know got better uh, honestly because I don't think so much. 
in the next games or things like that, and it helps me with so my you, performance. So, so you could almost say that you were your own worst enemy at times because mm-hmm. when you're overthinking things, it, it, it could affect you on the, on the pitch. Correct, and I think it's very common in, in, in sports, in professional sport. You know, you are your worst enemy for sure. Yeah. Lucho, wanted to ask you a little bit more about the game day routines that you guys do. Um, we see on social media, Locomotive FC posts video or just photos of you guys uh, dressed up, looking good, going to the game and stuff like that. What goes into the outfit choice? Everybody's got their own bag, like handbag as well, ahead of the game. I've I, I've never seen something like this out of the sport of football. Yeah, I mean it's it's normal. It's like a regular toiletry with you know perfume, something for your hair, you know. Uh, Soccer players become very stylish lately, so everybody has their own products. And then with the dress, yeah, you got to think it ahead, you know, so you make sure you look good. Why do you think uh, suddenly it's uh, becoming so stylish? What's what's going on here? What's happening with that? I don't know, honestly. I think it's coming from Europe, you know. Players are getting, you know, very big figures and they need to look good and they're, you know, connecting with different brands that didn't happen before. Yeah. And I think that spreads out. You don't think it's that uh, that show that's airing on Apple Plus that's become so popular and everybody loves soccer right now? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Have you had a chance to watch that yet? No, no. Okay. Yeah. That's, it's interesting. I always wonder if soccer players have had a chance to see that show and uh, if it's something that they would get into right now. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, I don't know. Ted Lasso is a big deal. Yeah, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. It's impressive. And and because uh, the reason I was going to ask you about it is because if you've seen it, I would love to know if it has if it even resembles what it's like playing pro no, soccer. I mean, I, I've heard a lot about the show. You know, I know it's very famous. I actually saw the other day he's going to be on the video game as well to select him as a character. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I yes, yes. But but I haven't seen it yet. No. Okay, we're going to come back. We'll wrap things up with Lucho. We'll talk about tomorrow's match and look ahead to the final few home matches here uh, with El Paso Locomotive FC. So stay with us. Sports Talk continues right after Charlie One in traffic. 6009. Tomorrow night, uh, it will be an opportunity to watch uh, El Paso take on the switchbacks of Colorado Springs. Then Saturday night, the home finale with Orange County SC. And then. Potentially the makeup game with the Tampa Bay Rowdies next week before we uh, get a chance to start the, the playoffs. And speaking of the playoffs, let's talk about the uh, conference table right now, Lucho. El Paso is sitting in, in seventh right there, 43 points, one ahead of Rio Grande Valley, two ahead of the Las Vegas Lights, and three ahead of uh, Monterey Bay FC. Now, the good news is you've got a game in hand on both Vegas and Monterey Bay, but uh, you're tied with Rio Grande Valley. You've also got a game in hand on the Oakland Roots, uh, who you're tied with 43 points in the, in the standings. So, ultimately, um, you get hot here and finish strong, you could absolutely shoot up the table towards the middle of the Western Conference. Yeah, yeah. like I said, you know, there's a couple of teams that were out, like... For example, RGB was out until seven or six games ago. They won them all. Now they're fighting with us uh, in, in in pretty good shape. Uh, but you know, it's it's it, it's it's good to have these you know these little competitions. And like you said, the good thing is in uh, it's in our hands. And if we win and the other teams drop points, uh, you know, we escalate a little bit on the on the table. 
Do you also feel like this extra rest has really helped you because so many guys now have had the chance to get healthy that when you get back out there tomorrow, uh, you'll be fresh and you'll, maybe they'll have a, a little extra spring in your step? For sure. Like, like I'd say, you know, it's, it's a long season. We play many games uh, in a row at the beginning. So having that little rest when all, all the other teams are, are doing what we did at the beginning is it, good and it's, it would catch us fresh for the, for the last push. You know, we talked a lot about you so far this season. How about some of your teammates? Let's talk about some of the guys that have really played well this year and, and have uh, been, been a big reason why El Paso is on the verge of, of getting right back to the playoffs this season. Uh, for me, I always say, you know, I score goals and everything, but, you know, I'm, I'm not a kind of player that would do it by itself. You know, I need, I need a team behind. Uh, you know, guys like Dylan, he, he showed up this year with also contributing with a lot of goals, uh, which is very, very good for a number 10 that, that can score that many goals. Um, and then, of course, the wingers, everybody, you know, you know, and the defense, you know, we struggled a little bit at the beginning, but I always say we didn't struggle because the defense wasn't good enough. It was it was everything. It was our pressing on top. It was everything. We are a team, you know. Um, and I think, and I think we we find out the the keys and the messages that the coach uh, wanted from us, and we and we shape it out, and, and we we lo- looking much much stronger now. You know, I, with your 14 goals to lead the club this year, uh, Dylan has 10. That's that's big, and also you know Eric uh, Calvillo has been good this year, mm-hmm. six goals and a lot of assists, and and he's been pretty valuable as as one of the new acquisitions uh, for Locomotive FC. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I agree with you. Uh, I I really like him as a player. You know, also also as a person, have a good relation with him. He's a funny guy, you know, active guy on the group, uh, but especially uh, the way he contributes on the weekends, it's it's very important for the team. How about a pair of guys that have, that came on loan years ago from uh, FC Juarez, both uh, Aron Gomez and uh, Eder Borelli, and, and what they've meant to the club? Uh, they're, they're huge, you know. Eder, I don't, I don't know, I don't know the numbers, but he might be up on the assist list for all these years. Uh, and Aron, you know, you know, he, he can do everything. He can assist. He can run. He can score goals. For me, he's you know he's great for for this team and the, and the way we we play, the way we press, and the the physicality he has is unbelievable for us. Meanwhile, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Diego Luna because mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year, uh, he was right there and and doing some special things, and then all of a sudden gets the opportunity to uh, to, to go over to uh, Salt Lake in, in MLS and have an opportunity now to to really continue his career with somebody that came here so young. And yet, was so dynamic when he would play. It sometimes is hard to describe the impact he could have on you and everybody else. How would you describe really what the impression Diego Luna left on so many players? No, I mean, you know, when you play play with players like him, they drag a lot of the attention during the game uh, and the opposition. So you you get more free space, you know, when you got a dribble like that. But I think he's he you know he he it's a, a move that he needed to do. You know, in order to continue growing his career, uh, he's a fantastic player. Of course, young, he needs to, you know, adjust a couple of things, but he has all the talent. Uh, you know, every player wish that we we born with that talent and he has it. Um, so it's it's all about now working hard. You know, it's, there's a lot of good players coming up in America compared to, you know, other years. 
So yeah, as long as he understands that he with the talent he still needs to keep working, he's gonna be a great player. What about the quality of USL this year, especially in, in your conference? Do you feel that there's much more parity this season with all the clubs than what we've seen maybe the last couple of years? Yeah, yeah, for sure, especially on the West. I always say, you know, when, when you are in a like call it second tier on a on a on a nation and and the, the MLS in this case being the first tier gets better for sure all the player you know the second division is going to get better because many players that okay they are not good enough for for MLS now they're going to start dropping to the and make the the second division better so if you see the MLS growing on the on the past year that means the USL is going to still keep growing I feel like USL just gets better and better mm-hmm. it really does and now MLS is looking even into other leagues and it's it's funny how I've watched the USL model start to influence what we're seeing uh from from MLS and, and other potential leagues here in the states yeah completely completely I, I agree and and I hopefully what I want to see is more USL players you know stepping into the MLS I agree with you Lucho Solanak with us here on Sports Talk take me into uh, the, your mind when you're in the middle of a match and you get an opportunity to have a chance to score a goal um, as a finisher what is your mindset like when you put the ball you know into the net because some players have opportunities but they can't necessarily convert and score goals but you've got 14 of these you've done it your whole career how are you able when you play this spot and get the opportunities to finish and, and score so many goals I think it comes, uh, of course, with training. Of course, you gotta have something, you know. Uh, you know, other p- players have skills. Other players have, uh, you know, velocity or whatever. Uh, I got this attribute, um, but you gotta shape it in trainings, you know. And if 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 I think, like you say, put put you in my mind, the the seasons that I've been the best is when when I get the ball and don't think, you know, overthink so much. I just do what I do in training. Uh, put the ball in the net and that's it you know sometimes when you get the ball and you say okay maybe I gotta go right and make it left or you start thinking so much maybe you miss so you go off of instinct and essentially yeah. as, as soon as you get it if you just react that's when you get the best results yes yes correct it when makes a lot say, of sense I, I didn't know what I think I just score how intense is training for people that don't know if they've never watched uh, a workout before uh, do you guys get after it pretty good yeah yeah uh, the good thing is you know Soccer has evolved a lot, you know. When when I started, it was all about running without the ball. Now everything is with the ball involved, you know. Um, and you know, now with we, with we, we John, we have this style that is very short, but very very intense, very sharp. We don't even have almost time to to you know to drink water, honestly. Well, that's that's tough. That's <laughs> tough. It, it talks about what, the kind of shape you have to be yeah. in, and yeah, ultimately yeah. the commitment you have to, to to this to this sport and how mm-hmm. much you love it. Yeah. Uh, that reminds me. You've got a lot left in the tank. We've seen that. You've, you're having a great season this year. You're 31 years of age. You're under contract. One more season here in El Paso. How much longer you want to play professionally? Have you ever th- have you thought about it at all? Especially now with a with a little one that's uh, that's here. Yeah, no, I think I think about a lot. You know, when you when you get this age, because you see, you know, you play soccer all, all, but sometimes I feel I want to do something else. Uh, but I think I'm gonna feel a little bit like like Arijo. You, you were saying, you know, when the moment comes, you don't wanna let it go because uh, you know people that have retired they tell me go as far as you can because there's nothing. It's like there's nothing, you know, after soccer, um, the adrenaline, the the traveling so much. Yeah, there's no many work or jobs that give you that uh, in life. So I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy it for now and see 
what the future. And you get to see, and you get paid to see the world. How great is that? Correct, correct. And do what you love for sure. That's true. If you're not playing soccer, what are you doing? What do you think you're doing right now? Um, like job wise. Yeah. Give me give me an idea. All right. No, if you're not, if soccer wasn't in your life, what do you think you'd be doing? You know, I never, I never thought I wanna say that, but you know, I've been talking a a little bit with my agent as well. Um, He gave me the the opportunity to start growing, you know, inside his company. Um, so it's, it's something I might consider at the beginning, you know, and see if I like it and then go from there. I also got the coaches uh, licenses, not here in America, but in Argentina. So mm-hmm. I got I got the opportunity to do both and see which one I like the most. Fantastic. I could see it was an agent someday. I think you'd be <laughs> a lot of fun. You see, listen, as long as you're friendly and you have that way to just connect with people, mm-hmm. that, that's that's half of it right there. Right. Yeah, so yeah. that's, that's great. Yeah. But you know what? You got a lot of soccer left in you. So <laughs> let's finish strong this weekend, tomorrow night, uh, back at home, and then Saturday as well. So the final two home matches for El Paso Locomotive. Then it's on to the playoffs because we're, we're making the playoffs. There's no doubt mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. And uh, I'll look forward to uh, keeping in touch with you and have you back here with us soon. Come back and see us again, Lucho. All right. Thank you. Thank you for the for the desires and thank you for having me today. You bet. He's Lucho Solanac, folks, as we continue. Bottom of the hour. Let's go to Adrian. He's standing by with this Sports Center update. Again to uh Lucho Solanac and, and Taylor Hines uh, for coming by with him. I'll tell you what, Lucho was terrific. Absolutely terrific. Um just a pro's pro. That's the best way to put it. A seasoned vet someone who I found it so interesting when you get into the mental game of things, especially when he admitted that the more he thinks about trying to do things, uh, the worse it is. And that for him, overthinking has been really his worst enemy over the years. And if he just acts and reacts, that seems to yield the best results. Yeah, all on instinct, which I found so fascinating. If you're a striker like that, if you play so much offense, if you have somebody who's a goal scorer like Lucho is, you need to have that ability because when you start to think too much, then you get in your own head and you don't react when you have that opportunity come your way. 100% right. You know, I should have let you do your physical athletics fitness tip of the day to Lucho. He Maybe he could have uh, yeah. taken some you know, some pointers from you after uh, you've been going to these workouts at, at 5 in the morning, but uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, let us know what your physical athletics fitness tip is today? Yeah, that you know what? He could use this one not to forget to wor- uh, recover after a workout. He's been recovering over the past couple weeks, uh, and that's where progress is actually made uh, on a fitness level. During your workout, you actually break down and stress your body. When you play a big soccer match like that, you're really stressing your body, and it's during the recovery process when your body adapts and gets stronger. That's uh, the tip today presented by Physical Athletics, and with them, you you get three big things. Number one, you get access to a strength and conditioning specialist at all times. Number two, you get a personalized workout plan customized to how you're feeling on a daily basis. And number three, you get education on the best practices for nutrition, fitness, and your lifestyle. They're now accepting new clients. It's never too late to start your fitness journey. They've got athletes, eight years old, all the way up to the professional level, uh, people just like Lucho, and they've got uh, adults 20 years old all the way up to 80 for beginning or intermediate levels. They've got two locations at Joe Battle and Eastlake. You can get a free one-week trial and see what they're all about. You can call or text Physical Athletics today at 915-996-4476. That's 915-996-4476. Oh, that's awesome. Love it. Uh, Meanwhile, do you realize that right now we have NHL exhibition games and NBA exhibition going on right now? 
Yeah, that's right. Tonight's the first game for Zion Williamson. I'm trying not to watch as many of these games, Steve. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I immerse myself when it comes to the NBA season, and I tr- and I usually watch, uh, it, even in my busy schedule, I try to watch as many games as I can, but these I'm trying to stay off from because they're pointless. However, they I, are pointless. I, I do want to see Zion tonight. That's where I might dip my, my toe back into the, to the watching mix. I don't know. Knicks are playing the Pistons right now on uh, TNT. That kind of intrigues me a little bit right now as a Nick fan. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see some of the uh, the new additions for the Knicks, whether or not Jalen Brunson's playing tonight. Uh, that's that's one of the things I'd be looking at. Um, you got Julius Randle, who's coming off a big offseason on his end. He's healthy. He thinks he can shoot a little bit more, so we can see if he's uh, how he's doing. But yeah, this is a inter- some interesting teams. I mean, the Pelicans tonight with Zion returning for the first time in almost two years. You got the Timberwolves running it back with Anthony Edwards tonight coming back into the mix. And uh, a depleted Utah team with no Donovan Mitchell and, and of course, uh, no Rudy Gobert. Let me tell you something. Here's what interests me about the Knicks, okay? Here's, they're, they're going with their full lineup tonight, okay? They started with Randall, Robinson, Brunson, Fournier, and Barrett. And then off the bench, Toppin, Reddish, and then they've also got uh, Hartenstein, who's their uh, center. I like him. Uh, along with Rosen quickly. It's it's not a bad it's not a bad little look for this team. Yeah, not a bad nucleus for sure. They they have the chip right now in Evan Fournier as a trade piece. So if they can move on from him and maybe upgrade a little bit more in the front court, just knowing that you know between Mitchell Robinson, Hartenstein, uh, you know you, even Obi Toppin, you're not going to have a fully healthy nucleus right there. You might need more depth as far as your front court goes. So that'd be my only area to upgrade right now for the Knicks. Have you seen how much money? Fournier is making that's not an yeah. easy contract to unload yeah but it's a it's an expiring deal so true, I think that's true. very enticing to a lot of teams if you can get a, a younger player back uh, who's yep. on a four-year deal uh, that would be the trade piece right there good point good good point all right before we go to John and uh, join him out at Hudson's in our final countdown and get you ready for UTEP football with Dana Demo it should be a fun fun show tonight uh, more people recommending Brian Birds when it comes to selling their home here's what Robert had to say I can't see why people selling their home would use any other company. They did a great job selling the house and sold it for more than asking price. Man, Robert was happy here. He even had a chance to say that many owners of a company would, uh, not many, uh, would be available. You know, it's so interesting. I guess availability is tough when it comes to having questions or reassurance. But Brian always was. And that's why he was highly recommended by Robert. Now, To achieve top dollar for your home, you need an agent who can create an auction-like effect with buyers competing for your home and driving up the price. That's what Brian Birds does at the Brian Birds Home Selling Team, powered by eXp Realty. In fact, he can guarantee to sell your home for a price and deadline you both agreed to, or he'll buy it himself. So call the official real estate agent of UTEP, El Paso Locomotive FC and the Rhinos, the only agent I would call if I needed to sell my home. He's Brian Birds, online at brianbirds.com.